I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. <coughs> What's up, Travis? Uh, RPG stuff. RPG stuff is up. It's in the house. It's all around us. Much like Christmas, which was hey, a long time so, ago. So did we get um we got we got an email from a from a listener. That's who, right. Yeah. Uh, had some topics they wanted to add to the list. So That's everybody, right. remember you can do that. You can email us. Uh, I'm sure Vince keeps that in the the show description and stuff. You guys can email us and tell us uh, some stuff you want to hear us talk about. Uh, if you want to do that, and we'll put it on the list to randomly roll. We may not ever get to it because it's random, but we may get to it. So send us uh, send us your topics if you got some stuff we want to talk about, right? That's a good shout-out. That's a good shout-out, Trav. That's a good call to action right at the start of the show. Right at I the like start. That. I want to make sure everybody hears it so it's not at the end where everybody's already tuned out. It's <laughs> a good plan. We should think about that more. But, yeah, you rolled it. Speaking of rolling things, you rolled a thing today. I did. And I rolled how much backstory should happen in character creation. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, I am excited about this one, my friend. Yeah. So how much backstory should happen in character creation? Are you talking about what the PCs should talk about or what their GMs should do or what the system should tell you to do? What are you talking about? Yeah, sure. I didn't so, write this topic. I understand. Well, let me let me take you through the basics of how I how I saw this because sure. this there's sort of a fascinating history to this with with various games. Okay, so I think we can all agree that your character when you sit down to play at the table should not be a tabula rasa, right? Like there should be some concept of who they are and where they came from. Fair in most statement. Cases, yeah. In, okay. in 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 most cases, yes. I mean, there there is a particularly interesting trope that gets used over and over again of being, be, you know, not knowing anything about yourself and where you come from and things, uh, the amnesiac kind of thing. But yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. Fair. Totally fair. Other than that specific story trope, I agree. And others similar to it. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, but other than that, yes, there should be something. Right. Okay. So if we assume that, then the question is, we're not talking about should it be present or should it not? Okay. It should. Cool. We answered that. Yeah. Then the question is, how much? And I think when we think about, you know, the way we defined this in NGS and the way that we use now in our D&D games is something like the following. We give 100 words on where our character's at right now in their life, like their mm -hmm. present day. Mm -hmm. And we define the five big events that came to shape their their life, their existence and who they are. Right. Uh, why five? Because five is a good number. Uh, could be any, but it's just a nice number that you can fit in enough things over a general time period to sort of uh, create a character. However, some people go deeper. Have you ever had a, uh, a player, Trav, who showed up to your game with like a novel written about their character, basically like somebody who shows up with pages and pages of backstory? Has this ever happened uh, to you? It's happened. Yeah, it's definitely happened before. Someone who who, who, lo who loves their character, you know, and, and loves the idea of their character and has decided to go out of, out of their way to to write more about that character because it's fun for them, right? So Absolutely. Definitely happened. So let me ask you a question. Oh, well, no. let's, let's have honest time here. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Let's do that. How much do you read that, let's say they write a 15-page backstory? Significant. Standard 500 words a page, right? 
Okay, I, I, I read all of it, if that's what you're asking. I am asking that. Yes. I, I you... literally, I still remember the last backstory I got, which was what is uh, gnome and what is unknown. Uh, <laughs> and that was from something something you you sent me. Yes. Like, I, I read it all. Um, but I, I may, maybe I'm not like everybody else. I don't know. Yeah, I will say that, like, I, I sometimes find it challenging as a GM when I get that much information to to integrate it all in a meaningful way into the game, right? Uh, I didn't say I integrated it meaningfully, <laughs> okay? Sure. Things that I read when someone pro- provides this, but I do read it, and if okay. I can, I integrate it meaningfully. Gotcha. Yeah, super fair. I read it as well, because why wouldn't you? But I will say that I often do find it challenging when somebody gives me that much material to go, oh, boy, you know, this is like 10 NPCs they just introduced and, you know, mm-hmm. seven different organizations over the world. And, like, I don't know if I can work all this in. Like, because I, I want to I want to rise to meet the player. Right. Honestly, for me, that all it just all depends on the situation. It depends on the group size. It depends on the campaign time allotted. It depends on how much time we have to play every week. It depends on so many things. Yeah. About how much I can integrate or how much I can't. How, how much do I really want to tell my story as opposed to what the players want to tell, the story the players want to tell. You know, all these things are moving parts that you have to consider when, when thinking about how much backstory is, is coming in at the beginning. Um, now, when, like when you're writing fiction, um, an old rule of thumb was always to start, start your story as late as possible, right? So, right. So, so you, 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 you want to start, start the, the story at the interesting parts. You don't. You know, you, you want to have all the other stuff um, just be in the background. It'd be, be it. That's just backstory. OK, you want to start at the action. Um, so I, I, I it's it's really hard to gauge in in like an in a, in a game where that is, though. You know, it's sure. just very different. Yeah, because formative elements matter. You know, one of the interesting things about most role playing games, not all. But most, let's say non-military based stuff. So like this probably isn't true in something like Star Trek or something like that, right? But if you're uh, playing anything from Star Wars to Rifts to D&D to whatever, right? You're not normal in some way because by, by virtue of the fact you're a PC. And I don't mean power differential to you versus the rest of the world. I mean, life experiences wise, right? Um, you're not a farmer who owns a healthy, successful farm and has a wife and four children. Because if you do, you don't go off and try to kill dragons and roam around the countryside or or whatever, you know, um, or join or the rebellion. Or there's a damn or, good reason, which is written in the backstory. Exactly. Like there has to be, there's either some. Well, I think that farmer character is an interesting character to play with some more backstory. Sure, because you could be a Cincinnatus type character, right? Like you were you were tasked with stepping away from your family to do this thing because your country needed you, and you want or, or, to get or back may, to your or, family someday. It could be it could be like that that uh, uh, Love, Death, and Robots thing where the farmers are actually mech pilots. You know what I mean? It could yes. be any of that. Oh god, that's such a good one. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So like, it can be there, but there has to be some reason. Some reason, and that's that's where the how much backstory comes in. So I I here here I think. That in general, the amount of backstory is it has to be has to be the right amount according to those moving parts, right? Um, if if you have a small group of players, like if you're only playing, if you only have three players, and you the GM, then I, I, I think you can feel free to let the players uh, run wild with their stories and give you as much as they 
as they want or, or ah, might, might have okay. because sure. you have the time yep. with three players to go through those stories and, and pick out all the good juicy stuff that they've given you um, throughout the campaign um, and, and insert it in good ways. Um, now, if you have like seven or eight players at your table or even just like, like your standard five, six, uh, you don't have time for that much, and then that's when when you need to start like having having it, it helps. It, I'm not saying you need to. I'm saying it helps to have some kind of guideline for like what you were saying. Here, give me five things and a paragraph, right? You know. Yeah. Um, give, give me five interesting things and a paragraph about what you want to say about your character, because you can process that information and have time to use it within the campaign because you, you're you. Now you have six people to take care of, and it's a it's a it's a totally different swing. It's it's that is such a good call as to like the how it isn't a single universal answer, right? right? Because you're absolutely right. When you've and and I think you and I have GM'd games on both sides of this right. equation, yes. right? I've I've run games for you know two eleven people, people twelve, <laughs> yeah, to like, eleven people, yeah, 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 exactly. And and your focus that you have to to. The amount of time you have to put into the characters mm-hmm. as a sum total doesn't change, right? right? Whether you have two players or 11 players. So it's got to be proportioned mm-hmm. somewhat accordingly. Almost every time that I'm, that I'm running for large groups, it has been, this is a, we're gonna, here's what's going to happen. We're going we're gonna to run this story. It's going to be the story of my choosing, and I'm probably going to be dealing with most of the stuff, right? I'm not going to have time for backstory almost at all. I'll have... A little bit. I'll, I'll give everybody a nugget here and there, but that we're, we're, but we're telling this this story, right? You know what I mean? Because yep. there's just no time with with twelve people. No time. Yeah, you can't keep. You can't like take a take a standard night of role playing. Let's say that's what mm-hmm. four hours. Is that is that a fair amount of time? Probably. Perhaps. So, I, I would say six, but yes, four is fine. Okay, let's say four to six. That's fine. Cool. If you've got three players. And you spend an hour of a single night with each of those players, okay? Basically, like where you're you're legitimately focusing on them. Yep. I don't mean that you're talking only to them. I just mean where they're primarily We're doing in the your spot. sub story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you still have an hour for the, the everybody else to get involved, or three hours in a six-hour game, right? If you've got seven people at the table, you can't even do that. Not even <laughs> in close. a six-hour game. It's not even close. And so just the, the difference becomes massive, right? Yeah, you'll never move the central story if, right. if you do that. You know what I mean? You're, I mean, you're, you won't get anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that to me, it's when I, when I think of like the player generated amount of backstory, mm-hmm. my answer is generally like set your expectations early with the PCs. Don't feel pressured if somebody does throw you, if you have a big group and somebody throws you that, that 12 page, 15 page, 20 page short novel backstory, don't feel pressured. Like you have to integrate every element of their story into your story. Right. right? I think that's, that's just, and you can, and you can make your player aware and, and just uh, like, just say, Hey man, you gave me all this great stuff. I don't know. Like I've got a lot of players. I have a certain amount of time. I'm going to fit as much of it in as I can. You know what right. I mean? You you can say it that way as opposed to I'm not going to use this is way too much. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. So so just be mindful of your players, right? Just say yeah. I think that's exactly right. Uh, okay. So now I want to turn to I want to attack this from a different angle, Trav. We're left turning. Are you ready? Here we go. Uh, all right. Handbrake turn. Okay. Here we are. I'm gonna throw you. So toss me. Okay. In the history of RPGs, there is a subset of RPGs that had entire 
character background generation systems. Oh my, yeah. Contained within the mechanics of the game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It was like um, an actual step in the character creation or something, right? So. Right. Yes, exactly. So Traveler is a good example of this. It was a very classic one, right? Where you would like, <laughs> there was a pre-game game, right? Where you're attempting to learn new MOSs and failing or advancing or getting promotions in the military or not or or whatever. You don't understand what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot happening. The system is telling you, you did this, you did that, you got promoted, you failed here, you got demoted, you got demoted again, you got dishonorably discharged, you became a drunkard on the streets. Like it can be pretty heavy-handed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, things like are, that were things like that were implemented in in games like uh, some some roguelikes and on in PC games and yeah. uh, Elder Scrolls games where you you know you go through. Uh, a list a list of questions about your background you know it's just like what sign were you born under and and uh what what city did you were you born in and so forth yep absolutely this became a real popular thing in in it all had mechanical relevance in that though absolutely yeah it wasn't just you weren't filling out this questionnaire (laughs) right just as a a fun oddity in video games you were doing it for a reason like that for a mechanical reason um You know, I think these things are classically called burner systems, right? Where, like, the character is going through a burner before they hit the table. And this is a super fascinating concept to me as, you know, we've talked before about bolt-on systems, Mm -hmm. right? The idea of— This is one of the—this is certainly work as one of those. Absolutely. Like, to me, this actually seems a ripe idea— for a GM to integrate into their world specifically, mm-hmm. that's where it has power. Let's again just talk. Because you could ta- ta- tailor make it to, you know, like locations and yes. events and um, nationalities and and races and so forth. Yes, 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 yes. Highly exactly. specific. Exactly. Yep. Let's take our let's take our old standby Dungeons and Dragons just because it's it's you know it's very easy to talk about Dungeons and Dragons so I, I apologize everyone if you're tired of hearing about Dungeons and Dragons but it's the easiest one for us to to point to because everyone knows what we're talking about so let's go exactly so you you are a GM in D and D and you have your own campaign campaign world okay yeah and you've created this world it has societies and religions and militaries and and whatever you know the stuff you would expect right. I think there's potential here for you to write your own sort of burner system decision tree in the background where pre-game, maybe it's one of the first sessions you set down. The character still makes some general decisions about kind of who they are in to, to begin this journey, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they decide the input. There's, it's not like you're taking all agency from the players because that would be bad. But you're, they're making decisions about kind of who they are that they input, and then they go into the character generation machine, as it were, yeah. right? And it's a branching decision tree. They make choices. Maybe they're making roles, right? And it's sort of determining their fate, and it could be, you know, you don't need to know anything about the character. There's no bonuses. There's no nothing. They're just literally making roles, and fate is taking a hand because life is often, when you look back at your life, I— Certainly, I see this in my own life. I look back and think, wow, how lucky that certain things happened, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've talked before about how one of the luckiest things that ever happened to me was that my uncle, who I was working for, fired me from a job. 
right? Okay. Because if that hadn't happened, that was a singular moment in my life I can trace back to. If I hadn't gotten fired, I would not be doing this podcast with you right now, Trav. I probably <laughs> wouldn't know you. Right, right. Um, because that suddenly, it was this thing that pushed a bunch of dominoes forward in my life that I can trace back to. That's the er moment, right, of my of sure, my life. Yeah. Uh, of, of like, of one particular set of things that's occurred in my life, right? And uh, so I think that like having fate take a hand like that in generation could be really fascinating, especially when you let characters start making decisions. Like they, they say who they are and what they're all about. Okay, cool. Now you go into the, into the machine. Your, your, your world has several different militaries or maybe like, you know, sort of non-governmental organizations and other things. And you say, okay, do you join one of these orgs? Yes. Okay. Pick which org you join. Okay. They pick the org. And then you roll for how they do in the org. Oh, they did poor. They did well. Right. And so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And out of this, they could generate allies. They could generate enemies. They can generate. And then you hand it back to them after the burner and you say, okay, now you need to fill in the details to some degree. Build your five events around mm -hmm. this. The time you got booted from the military academy. Right. The time you. Uh, saved these people in this town when like uh, a wildfire slept th swept through. Yeah. You know, I think I think all of all of that's super interesting and could totally um, add something to the flavor of a game um, before the game's even started. Um, I think again, this is a time related thing, but you can you can continue to flesh that out in a different way. Um, say say again, you're you're playing with three players. You can expand that experience into actual an actual RP session per character. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, where each of those choice points isn't a, just a role; it's an actual. This is the here's your situation. Here's your partially built character play, and and how do you handle this situation? You know, and then literally go back and forth and 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 run the character through whatever that mini gauntlet of things is. Yeah, a hundred percent. To make those decisions, because then it gives you each choice point gives you the opportunity to further tailor the experience for your players. Right. I'll tell you, Trev. One of the things that's fascinating to me about this sort of concept, okay, is players don't often read all of the material about the game world. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely not. Um, like if you if you if you're like, here's my campaign setting. It's 124 pages. A lot of players' eyes eyes are just gonna glaze over. They're just like, wait, what? Okay, uh -huh. you know what I mean? They're gonna hone in on what they want. They're like, I want to play a fighter, so let me read about fighter stuff, and then I'm out. You know what right. I mean? Yep. And so, and that's that's fine. I get it. Opportunity yeah. costs a thing in life. I I don't begrudge players. They don't. They're not the one who created it. They don't have the same motivation to get exactly. into it that deep yet. Yet, but using a system like this, where you have this decision tree. You're actually exposing them in a in a very a real way. Like, yeah, exactly. And and suddenly you're incorporating them, and they feel I I would suspect much more ingrained in the world. Like this is a super fascinating idea to me to create it for that. It's something that I definitely want to try as I'm in the process of of you know creating a new campaign world myself and actually collaborating collaboratively building it with PCs over the games we play. I, I think I would, this could be a cool way to to add to that. I would say for, for me personally as a GM, this is is only something I would dabble in. This is definitely a bolt-on for sure for me. Yes. I would only want to do it for like one game. I would not feel compelled to do it for multiple games in a row. 
um, maybe come back to to a system like this in the future. Like there, there, there's just a time to, to 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 give things like this a try to see if they spice up the game and see how they play out. But for me, and I and I've done these kinds of things before. Um, this is only a, a every now and then thing. Most of the time, I still want my character, my, my my players to, you know, come up with their backstories and so forth. Um, even if I'm design designing a whole new game, mm-hmm. it would be a secondary system. It wouldn't be like this is how you make your characters. Right. Um. So that's just me, though. No, I get it. I think that's super fair. And I also think that that's um, one of the things that's appealing to me about this is that it is so bolt on and so easily added or removed. Right. You could use it even bolt on to multiple games. You can like make it once and then just be like, oh, this will work for just about anything. Right. So. Yep. Yep. I think the other thing. Names and faces. Yeah, exactly. I think the other thing I would say is like. um I would limit if you're going to do this sort of decision tree, if you as a as a uh, if you as a GM want to try this yourself in your own games, don't go too over the top with it. Right. Like, right. It should be about sort of four or five decisions that the characters are making and checking the outcome for. If it drifts into a dozen or 20 or something, that's a lot of time on something that's not going to get used. Yeah, one, it's too much time, and two, let me be honest, it's just too much backstory. Mm. Perhaps, yeah, in some cases, yeah. I, I think that there's a good element of, like, when I when you look back on your life, right, just we as, as humans look back on our lives, it's not like every single moment was this huge, definitive, life-changing, direction-setting thing, mm-hmm. right? The the reason I say that you should have about that many is because it feels like a good number of experiences to generate something that feels like a real human. If you're a person who 20 times in your life had a huge upheaving life changing event, that's a very tumultuous life. Like, I'm sure there are plenty of people who have had those sorts of things, right, who, who've had who've lived with sort of tragedy or change on that scale. But I don't think that's the 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 norm, right? And no, I think no. And you want to leave you want to leave room for that stuff to happen in the game. Yeah. So don't do it all first. Don't do it all beforehand, right? Like yes. leave some space for your characters so that they have room to do more life changing things. Absolutely. If they've seen so much, <laughs> right? I've seen right. things, man. By the time the game starts, they're probably just so there's they're so full. Of of elements at that point, there's just no room, right? The bucket. Unless is you're full. playing that character specifically, the guy who's done it all and want to explore that that headspace, then yeah, it's going to be too much, right? If you're playing sort of the character without an arc, right, right, kind of a thing, yeah, yeah. The the, the, the old the old grizzled veteran, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that that my very strong feeling is that this is a a, a cool way to one, get your players integrated into your world, like Mm -hmm. in a more forceful fashion, two, a good way to help structure their thought. I think this could be especially effective with, say, newer players or players who aren't as common or maybe players who don't feel they're as creative with with these sorts of elements, their background, uh, and will just drift into the standard, oh, orcs killed my parents and now I want revenge kind of stories, right? This can be a way to help direct them down a more versatile and dynamic path perhaps but it isn't something you have to use or should use in any way every kind of time it's just a it's a fun option you can keep on the table it's it's certainly an interesting interesting way 
to get characters invested into the game before the game even starts. And we're always all for that. So give it a try if you like it, right? I think that's right. Uh, that's uh, that's how much backstory should happen in character creation undesigned. Undesigned. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We certainly appreciate it. Giving a, give us a nice rating, uh, five stars if you could, over on iTunes. That probably helps somehow. Uh, a review is always greatly appreciated. If you want to see more, uh, I have a YouTube channel under Vincent R. Ventrella. You can find under all my stuff there. Uh, as well, if you've got any questions, as Trav mentioned at the top, there is an email down there. You can look down in your in the description of this ep, and you will find that if you have suggestions for topics. We would love that. Uh, not that we're running low, but user topics are always super cool. Uh, so we appreciate that. And as always, we very much appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.